Hello and welcome to the EVs and Beyond podcast. I'm your host, Richard Edwards, and welcome to one of our new format podcasts. So you can actually watch this podcast in video as well if you want. So if you're listening on the podcast itself, head over to the EVs and Beyond YouTube channel. Uh, and uh, we've got some great content over there, reviews and all sorts of cool road trip stuff. Uh, but also you can watch this in video. And there's a little more in the video. There is some uh, other shots uh, and it's uh, another cool way to watch these interviews this uh podcast also aligns with a story uh the cover story for that matter in the september issue of the evs and beyond magazine so i'm gonna bring in our guest now our uh our guest is here to talk to on a bit of a, a performance related topic i guess if i bring into the stream here greg clark now greg is the general manager of porsche new zealand who uh, if you guys have read our stuff before is responsible for one of my favorite evs on the road the Taycan. thank you for joining us greg Good morning, Richard. Thank you for being, having me here. That is a, such a wonderful car. You're incredibly lucky to have the chance to drive that, I'm sure. Oh, yes. It's a, the Taycan has been a revelation for us. Um, to be fair, it has been incredibly well received in New Zealand. And and as anyone who's driven the car will know, it's, uh, it is a true Porsche, a performance sports car. Mm-hmm. But it's re- it's really just kind of the the tip of the iceberg for Porsche in regards to electric vehicles. Um, I mean, it's not the first plug in hybrid, uh, plug in car you guys had. You have had plug in cars before uh, um, in uh, the Cayenne, I believe. Yeah, so we've we've had plug in hybrids for some time with the the Porsche Cayenne e hybrid, and we've got a number of Cayenne models with. Um, e-hybrid technology and also the Panamera range has some hybrid models within that so we've, we've had if you like the um, plug-in hybrids for some time but obviously the the Taycan was a real game changer in the move for us um, we launched that car in New Zealand at the beginning of the year um, worldwide they've sold over 20,000 units within the first six months of the year and in New Zealand alone we've got 82 on the road this year up to the uh, end of August. So that's quite impressive when you think the value of the car starts at, or the price of the car, sorry, starts at $173,000 and goes north of that. So um, it is quite an achievement, and you're dead right. It is the beginning of a number of new Porsche products that will move to completely electric vehicles. Uh, mm. It's already been publicly announced internationally that the um, the next generation of Macan, our small SUV, will be a, a full electric vehicle. So um, we are just starting this journey relatively, but I think it's a, it's a journey that we'll continue for some, some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and I know a whole pile of other car enthusiasts are pretty excited about the kind of the, the Taycan's twin that's that's landing now. I'm not sure if they're already here yet, but the Taycan Cross. Can, can you tell us yet. a little bit about that? Yeah, so the Taycan Cross Turismo is effectively the same base vehicle, but instead of having, for want of a better term, more of a hatchback look or a sportback look, it has actually got more of a a, um, station wagon uh, appearance at the back of the car. So it allows a little bit more headroom in the rear of the car and a bit more luggage space. The vehicle is also a little bit higher off the ground, so it's a, a bit more practical, if you like, for depending on the uses, uh, usage. We've got um, our very first one in the country now, and um, we will be seeing probably, I imagine, by the end of the year, we'll have 10 to 12 of those in the country and um, proving very popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every car, and I think this is an, a, a, a solid rule in the automotive space, is cooler in station wagon form. 
you know, if, if you think um, we've seen that trend change massively over the years, if you, if you go back to the 90s or so, um, station wagons weren't that popular in a lot of ways, but then um, particularly in the luxury sector with the Audi Avant um, model range, um, even now if you, you look at a lot of the, um, the Audi products, the sports products, the um, the RS6 for one of a better term is a is a, you know, a a station wagon type look car so they they suit the Kiwi lifestyle let's be honest we love SUVs and we love um, lifestyle vehicles that are practical. Mm-hmm. I'm going to add a, a little bit of a video that we did to the uh, to the shot here uh, of the of the just of that taken. I mean, has it been a hard sell to to New Zealand customers? I mean, what kind of person is coming in and buying a a taken? Are they existing uh, Porsche customers? Yeah, we've we, a range. We've got new customers to the brand. We've also got ex, uh, existing customers, and they've come from a, a, a large cross section. Um, we've had people come from other electric car brands to the to the Porsche brand with the Taycan. To, if I'm absolutely honest, people have come from a number of areas. And, and of course, in, in our sector of the market, quite often it isn't the client's only vehicle. So um, they may also have uh, for one of uh, a 911, say, for example, something that's uh, more of their weekend uh, toy. Mm-hmm. So that's, they can have the 911 for the weekend, the Taycan during the week, or or arguably, I think, the Taycan Cross uh, Turismo during the week, uh, especially got some stuff to carry. Uh, do you think buyers are going to continue to to shift electric in this space? I mean, what are the advantages for a, for a high end sports car in, in going electric? Well, the the great thing we found with the the Taycan and with Porsche starting the fully electric car uh, journey with the Taycan, it is effectively, as I describe it to a lot of people, a four door electric nine eleven. Um, it is an absolute performance car. You drive that car and you realise you can actually have a performance car that is electric. Um, earlier this year, we um, had an event called the Porsche World Roadshow in New Zealand where we effectively took over Hampton Downs for um, um, 10 days with customer 40 customers turning up on each day. And, and one of our driving modules on the track was people track lapping in Taycans. So they would do track lapping, lapping, lapping sorry, in the um, two, two-door Porsches, the 911s and the, the Caymans and Boxsters, um, lapping in the larger cars, the SUVs, and a group doing the Taycan. And you rot- rotated right the way through. And without a doubt, of the 440 people that attended that event, one of the biggest comments you ever got back was, I cannot believe that Taycan, it is a genuine Porsche, it is a genuine sports car. So um, with that in mind, we, we do look forward to the future. It, um, it absolutely proves that you can, I suppose, have your cake and eat it too. Mm. My, my observation from the high-end EV performance vehicles I've driven, and I've driven a lot of what's available, is that they are their match, if not quicker than pretty much anything out there that takes petrol uh, on the road. Arguably, I think they're probably easier to extract the performance from than those other ones. But they do lack that that sound, that gruffness, that um, that excitement that comes from having an engine either in front or, in the case of Porsche, behind you. Is that a hard sell for some people, or are they seeing the benefits? Oh, absolutely. The, the people that are purchasing the car do see the benefits. And there's no doubt there is an element still out there of people that genuinely, while they, they love the performance, um, they do want that combustion engine uh, noise and feel. 
Uh, I find, uh, in particular, with um, with the Porsche range, and particularly if we take the Taycan or even the sports cars, um, because you're running so low to the ground, you have such large tyres on the vehicles that you know once you're up in speed uh, on a racetrack, for example, um, the engine noise disappears in the, uh, in in volume, and it actually is the the tyre noise, etc., that takes over and gives you a lot of that same feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you uh, what? What is kind of the roadmap here for Porsche when it comes to electric? As you said, the the Macan is coming. Yeah. Um, I mean, are we one day going to see an electric nine eleven, or is oh, is I that a bit of a is that a bit a bit bit rough on the purists? <laughs> um, to, to be honest, we don't know uh, at, at an importership level the, the full roadmap. What we do know is by 2025, approximately 50% of what Porsche produces will be either a full BEV electric car or a hybrid. And by 2030, they're saying around 85% of what we produce and sell will be a full electric or a hybrid. Um, so there still is some scope for obviously just pure combustion engine vehicles in there. Um, I imagine that there, there could be a, a hybrid type 911 in the in the range one day. Uh, we're already seeing with the um, the KN in the Macan, uh, sorry, the KN in the Panamera, that the hybrid range can also benefit the performance of the vehicle. So when I say that, I mean, while the hybrid functionality is used to increase range and lower emissions, it is also used at one side of the game to actually boost performance. You know, our quickest SUVs and um, Panameras are the you know, turbo SE hybrid. So they use both combustion engine and electric engine to get that pure performance. But yes, I I still believe that probably um, there's a bit of a saying going around that the last combustion sports car ever to be built will be a Porsche. Um, so hopefully that is the case. While I, I do love the, the electric, there is still a place in the heart for that uh, petrol head in, in quite a few of us. Hmm. Is it electric that ultimately will, I guess, save performance brands like Porsche? Because you know, particularly, not so much here, but if you look into Europe, there is there is a a real push away from petrol. There's almost a, a negative social aspect to high consuming fossil fueled vehicles. They they are almost looked down on a little. By being able to progressively take the brand electric, does that you know extend and and, and normalize what uh, you're allowed to do? Well, like everything, I suppose, um, the world is changing. We're learning more all the time. So absolutely, by heading in the electric direction or growing the our, our electric offering, we, we are, of course, staying more relevant. And, and let's be honest, legislation is moving in that direction. Um, one thing that may lengthen the, the, the use of combustion engine vehicles is the, the advent of the um, e-fuels as such, so the, the, the non-fossil fuels that have um, cleaner burning capabilities. So, you know, we may see that grow in importance over the year, over the next few years and, and well ahead in the future. But, but very definitely, um, the VW Group, which obviously Porsche is part of, has very much decided that the electric uh, revolution is the direction to go. The legislation around the world is all taking us in those directions, both internationally and here locally. So um, uh, it, it's it's common sense to be on that journey. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, particularly, I guess, with your, you know, a large volume mix of your volume these days is SUVs, particularly larger SUVs. Uh, we've got the uh, the various um, CO2 emissions rules coming into New Zealand next year. They would have been become a harder sell without hybrid options and, and future electric options, I imagine. Oh, absolutely. I suppose um, with the, the, the fee-bait program that the government's already announced, and, and the penalties that will come into effect uh, potentially next year should the legislation go through, that, that has a big effect on, on car brands where you do have larger um, capacity combustion engines. Um, and, you know, the, the, at the upper end of that penalty scale, it's around $5,170 added to the, the price tag of a car realistically through that um, fee bait. Um, so that is going to make some buyer decisions change, and, and we're probably already seeing it to a degree with the the, uh, the KN Hybrid. Um, it's a model that has been growing in popularity for a number of years, but this will only, I suppose, um, increase that that desirability and and also the demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you find that um, the kind of people who are buying these high technology performance high end vehicles are generally uh, early adopters, early takers of technology in general, and, and I guess that flows into EV? Yeah, that, I would say definitely, very definitely with the, the fully electric vehicles, the Taycan. Um, with the hybrid, I'd say less so, but still there's, there is that element in there. Um, we're, we're seeing particularly in the South Island, the hybrid model being very well received. And, and possibly that's because some of the distances that need to be travelled, um, that um, range anxiety is not such a thing with the hybrid vehicle, obviously. But, but very definitely with the electric, um, fully electric vehicles, I think um, the early adopter syndrome has come into effect. I imagine down the South Island, uh, preconditioning on <laughs> the interior that's so common with hybrids is probably pretty appealing too on those cold mornings. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think the South Island's our number one um, customer base for ordering uh, steering wheel heating and <laughs> those sorts of options. <laughs> Have you had any negative response from from some of your long-term hardcore customers from the century into electric and hybrid? I mean, has it been universally welcomed? Yeah, by, by and large, I'd say absolutely. And, and if and I've used that Porsche World Roadshow earlier this year as an example, um, yeah, a number of people that attended that were customers that I've known for years and are very ardent petrol heads. And to be fair, while they in some cases walked away saying, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to buy a Taycan at the moment, but they walked away going, oh, my God, I can actually see how good that product is and how, how the future will go and one day they will be there. Um, but you know, that's the benefit at the moment of being able to offer both choices, the combustion engine vehicles and the fully electric with the hybrid in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and what we'll obviously see over the next you know, five, seven years or so, eight years, we'll see that, that mix move very much in the direction of the electric as opposed mm-hmm. to the combustion. So I, I think it's, it's, it's a logical trend. Does it potentially, in a lot of cases, give the opportunity to sell two cars? I mean, do you foresee Absolutely. a lot of your customers having a a, nine, a petrol 911 and an electric Taycan or electric Taycan Cross or an electric Macan yeah. for daily driving? Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, obviously, at our end of the market, um, a, a large proportion of our customers have multiple vehicles. And, and particularly, even though I suppose you would say over the years, and I've been involved with the Porsche brand for 16, 17 years now, and I've seen the change in the fact of the, the 911 once upon a time being purely 
uh, a weekend toy um, to being a daily user. Um, you know, if I go back, you know, if, if a 9-11 was doing 5,000 Ks a year, it was high mileage. Now they're doing 15,000 Ks a year in normal use. But we do have a lot of customers that do have multiple vehicles. And so it gives them the advantage and the ability to have maybe a hybrid or a combustion vehicle if they're traveling those extra distances at the moment and uh, a, a, a Taycan for more shorter journeys or journeys that don't require so much um, planning around charging. But that will change also over time as the public charging networks improve and change. Yeah, yeah. One of the things you mentioned there, the, the people's car, Porsches doing higher mileages. Is there an aspect of that and this is, I guess, the side that, uh, particularly with the uh, the work we're seeing with you know Highlands and Hampton and so forth, that there is actually more access for track time these days. Absolutely. And do you think that that there's enough uh, infrastructure at those tracks uh, for electric cars to go and enjoy them? I know we've got charging at uh, at Hamptons. Yeah, yeah, um, it's changing and it's growing now. Um, to give you the example, we actually um, imported or, sorry, set up some charges temporarily at Hamptons um, for our recent Porsche World Roadshow. Um, the the um, Cromwell track, Highlands down in the South Island, they actually have a Taycan, they physically own a Taycan Turbo S that they do taxi rides in. Um, right. And I know both venues are looking at increasing the charging capability physically on the sites, um, mm. just as we're seeing around the rest of the country. Because as you, as you, if you think logically, um, there will come a time where a lot of the cars doing the GT customer days, et cetera, on the tracks are going to be electric cars. So you're going to, you're going to need that capability. So it, while it's not probably completely there yet, it will come like with everything else. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk, talk, talk charging for a minute, uh, because obviously that's a, an important part of the process, both for the both for the customers and uh, yourselves. And of course, the the Taycan is a little bit interesting, a little bit different to uh, most of what else is on there at the road at the moment. Uh, and that is because it's got an eight hundred volt battery system, um, which does allow for uh, for high speed charging and a, and a few other things. Uh, you guys have put yourself into a or somehow ended up in an interesting position in that. And it's maybe a controversial statement. Others may uh, challenge it. To my understanding, you guys are kind of the first uh, vehicle brand in New Zealand with access to uh, DC charging at every one of your dealership sites. Yes. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. Porsche chose to go with an 800-volt um, architecture in the vehicle when they were designing the vehicle. And that was purely round. That obviously, the, the two things that, that people are very, very nervous on is the um, range anxiety and how long it takes to charge a car. Now, while we realise probably 60, but oh, sorry, 80 to 90% of charging will be done at home in your garage and at a very lower AC capacity, um, when you're on the road or you're on a trip, um, you obviously want a much quicker charging capability. And with that 800 um, volt architecture, we're able to charge the Taycan with the right charger from basically 20% full to 80% full in around 15 minutes. Um, so Porsche targeted at the timing to go, look, we've, if you stop at a petrol station, you're probably there for five minutes. Hey, if you could stop and you're going to be held up for 15 minutes, that makes a, a, a lot more of a, a desirable outcome for the client and, and is a lot more um, to, uh, acceptable to people to use the car for longer journeys. And, and with that, it, you did right. We actually have in each of our Porsche centres, and some of them are co-shared obviously with other group brands like Audi, 
um, DC charging. And that ranges from 50 kilowatt DC chargers right up to the Terra 175 kilowatt charger. So that's mm. extreme high speed charging to allow that, you know, effectively at the top end of the scale, 20 to 80% within the 15 minute time limit. Now, handily, we do have a expert from uh, ABB here uh, to just discuss this um, this uh, charging. I'm going to bring uh, uh, Debbie Vanderscape from ABB uh, into the room here. Thanks for joining us, Debbie. Well, thank now, you for having us. <laughs> now, for the nerds in the room, we need a little bit of charger porn here. Can you tell us about these Terra 175 chargers that that are starting to arrive on uh, on forecourts around the place? They're pretty a pretty cool unit, aren't they? Yeah, so it's less exciting than to talk about the, the Taycan, but um, we had to come up with a solution for these premium brands um, and to make it easier for people to charge on the main corridors <clears throat> and also in the dealerships um, and not stay there for hours on end. Um, so what ABB has done is designed the high power charger, which is um, basically two units one is the power cabinet. And if you think about it, it's like a petrol station. You have the tanks underground and you have the bezels or the, you know. The bowsers. Um, the bowsers up, <laughs> <laughs> up on the forecourt. So, and with this in mind, we we um, designed the power cabinets to be a little bit away from um, the post, which is what where the, the cable is and the screen is and where you can pay wave or uh, RFID or just plug in. Um, so, yeah, um, the power cabinet consists of the isolation transformers. It also consists of the power modules. Um, and then in, in the post itself um, is just the screen, um, maybe um, the liquid um, pump that um, allows the pumping of the liquid-cooled cable so that it is a lot more um, user-friendly, really, without having a big, massive um, power cabinet um, included into the power uh, the post. Um, and then with, with a little bit of modularity built into it, you can change that easily from a 175 kilowatt by just adding another power cabinet to the same post, and you can actually charge at 350 kilowatts. Wow. Um, with not much change to infrastructure. So, yeah, not mm -hmm. as exciting. And, and that's, that, that modularity is great. Well, no, it, it, that modularity is great, though, isn't it? Because if you say uh, in, a, in a dealership environment where you're wanting to present the best look, and, and Greg will understand this from plenty of time in CI meetings, uh, yeah. you, you might not want to have that power cabinet right out there in the forecourt. You may just want to have the... Uh, the cable end and and plus the option to start off with that 175 and then go up to the 350 yeah. to get that absolute full top charging speed out of the take end exactly and that's maybe a good um plug for porsche because they yeah. actually have one at um, great north road that you only see the the charge post yeah. and the cabinet is actually downstairs yeah. And, and, and Richard, um, the link up with ABB goes right, goes effectively worldwide. So ABB is a preferred partner of the um, the VW Stroke uh, Group and particularly Porsche. So um, ourselves um, are linked in with Porsche Asia Pacific, and right across the Asian markets, the ABB chargers are being installed or are installed in dealerships, and right across Australia as well. So um, the same the same technology is being used. Uh, across the world 
with in linking Porsche with ABB. Mm-hmm. Why do you need a, D, a D, DC fast charger at a dealership? I mean, are, are customers visiting? Is it uh, for a quick turnaround during service? What's the the usage case on those those units? Uh, it's it, to be it, it's 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 both. It's a, it, we want to make have the ability for customers to just pop in and and get a charge while they come into the dealership. You've got cars that are being serviced that may need a charge, and you've also got obviously new vehicles being prepared all the time that need to be charged. So um, while you won't always be charging on a high-speed DC charger, um, having the ability and the option there is a great benefit to, to the client. And, and, and if I'm honest, it will also give you the um, the ability to see how user-friendly a electric vehicle can be. Um, mm. and, and that's the big thing. You, I suppose we need to think about them more like your cell phone to a degree where you are effectively um, you know, topping them up a lot more than just waiting for them to get completely empty. But when it is down rather low, that is when you do get the real benefit from the, the, the supercharging effect of the Terra Charger and having that you know, 175 or one, uh, 350 kilowatt capacity. Mm-hmm. And I guess it gives the chance for your uh, your sales people during the delivery process to actually show the customer how to use these units. Should they come across an ABB DC yeah. charger in the in the wild, so to speak? Absolutely, yeah. The the, the, the great thing actually with the charging technology is um, a, a lot of the the background communications um, works universally. Um, between car brands, obviously, and charger brands, etc. So um, it, it is a very, very simple process. You know, people don't need to be worried and concerned about, oh, geez, if plugging a car into charge, how tricky is that compared to just pulling up at the petrol station with the Bowser? Um, it's it's almost a, an identical process, except instead of putting a, a ch- hooking a tube, tube into your petrol tank, you're, you're plugging an electrical connection in. Mm, mm, fantastic. So I guess it's, it's, is it the kind of the Porsche of, uh, of charges, Debbie? We would like to think that, yes. <laughs> no, I, I would agree with that. And, and actually a... well, thank you. Some new marketing for us. <laughs> and I mean, that's a, a good um, point that Greg raises. ABB works globally with manufacturers like Audi and Porsche and a lot of others, the Jaguars, um, to be able to provide this charging and have the communication there when the customers plug in so there's no learning on you know while we're doing it mm. we've already tested this in the factories and when there's new brands and new cars coming out that's where we test it um mm. and abb is a big part of that um so yeah that's what makes it a lot easier for the customers and for the dealers just to have that confidence if i plug this in it's going to work mm. Excellent. Look, well, that has been a great chat today. Uh, I'd like to thank you both for coming along and, I guess, discussing performance cars and performance charging. Uh, that's our guest, uh, Greg Clark from Porsche New Zealand and uh, Debbie Vanderscape from ABB. Thank you both so much for joining us. If you're uh, listening to this or uh, watching it, don't forget to go to the bottom of whatever screen you're using and like and subscribe and all that stuff. I've got to remember to say these things or I get in trouble. And uh, we'll be back really soon with another great uh, podcast or video, depending on where you're watching, uh, from EVs and Beyond. Thank you so much.